Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hey team, today's episode is a bit more serious than some of my others, so I just wanted to give you a heads up. In today's episode, we have a listener question dealing with depression. So we're going to be talking about comorbidity and ADHD, and then specifically how depression and ADHD interact. Comorbidity is a term you may have heard before, and it comes up fairly frequently with ADHD. And what we're really talking about here is two or more disorders or illnesses occurring in the same person at the same time or successively as in one condition that occurs right after the other. And then often when we're using the term comorbidity, there's also this implication that the interaction between the two creates a worse outcome for both. And the worsening outcomes makes complete sense. Regardless of what you're dealing with, having to manage two conditions is going to be harder than just dealing with one. So today we're going to be looking at comorbidities that can affect ADHD, take a closer look at depression, and then talk about ways that they can interact and how we might be able to try work on treating them better. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash depression. All right, keep on listening to find out how depression can interact with ADHD. Hello, my name is Chris. I am 34 years old and was diagnosed with depression two years ago, ADHD last year, and just this month I was diagnosed with auditory processing disorder. My question is, how do some of the frequent comorbidities with ADHD, namely APD and depression, change some of the recommendations you may normally give to people with just ADHD? Thanks. Have a good day. All right, Chris, thank you so much for this question. And it's a topic I've really wanted to get into for a while because there are a lot of comorbidities for ADHD. So this episode, I'm going to focus more on depression, but we'll definitely get into APD in a future episode. So let's start off by talking a bit about comorbidity. ADHD tends to have a lot of friends. I myself have ADHD, dyslexia, deal with some depression and anxiety, and I'm also looking into getting an evaluation for autism. Other common comorbidities for ADHD include disruptive behavior disorders, learning disabilities such as dyslexia or auditory processing disorder, mood disorders, Tourette's, OCD, anxiety, depression, and substance abuse. It's a real fun list we have there, right? And it isn't even exhaustive there are a lot of things that can be going on in our brains. Now, I do want to be clear here, just because we have ADHD, it does not mean that we're going to have a co-occurring condition. There are plenty of people who only have ADHD, which itself is a spectrum disorder, so has its own range of symptoms. As well, some of the disorders on that list are much more common than others. For example, it's estimated that 70% of adults with ADHD will at some point be treated for depression. When we're talking about comorbid conditions with ADHD, what we're saying is that if you are diagnosed with ADHD, then you just have a higher chance of being diagnosed with one of these other disorders as well, which just means that these issues are something we might want to keep an eye open for. I also want to emphasize that while self-diagnosis is a valid tool, with comorbidities, it is important to talk with a psychiatrist or psychologist. As I mentioned, ADHD is a spectrum disorder which means that there is a whole range of symptoms that can occur and at different severities. 
This is important to think about because many of these possible co-occurring conditions also have their own range of symptoms, and the symptoms can easily overlap. For example, both ADHD and OCD have a huge overlap in how we're able to regulate our executive function. When this happens, it's easy for us to look at a list of symptoms and go, oh, I have that. And again, self-diagnosis is a valid tool, but it also has to come with a healthy dose of skepticism because we're not trained in the symptoms to look for, and how we treat each of these conditions is going to differ. I also want to point out that many of these things aren't just one thing. While many mental disorders have a genetic component, we often don't have a good way of detecting them. Just look at ADHD. We know there's absolutely a genetic component, but there's no specific genes that we look for. Additionally, not all cases of ADHD appear to be genetic, There are some cases of brain injury, premature birth, and exposure to toxins that researchers believe have led to ADHD. There is still a lot we don't know. And then we can also think about how ADHD is diagnosed. We have a list of symptoms, and if you present six or more of those symptoms in two or more settings, then you can get your diagnosis. But what about the people who only displayed four of the symptoms? They might still have significant impairment in their life, and yet based on current diagnostic criteria, would go undiagnosed. And that's not entirely fair, because as we've discussed, ADHD symptoms often overlap with other disorders. This means that if you only have four symptoms, you may in fact not have ADHD, but something else that presents in a similar fashion. This is important because we treat these disorders in different ways. For example, we often treat ADHD with stimulant medication. If you have anxiety, though, Stimulant medication might not be the best choice of action for you. This is why it's important for us to work with a psychiatrist or psychologist to confirm our diagnosis. Okay, but let's get to the heart of the question we had here. How would I change my advice for someone who is dealing with depression? First and foremost here, I'm not a doctor, psychiatrist, or psychologist. I run a podcast on ADHD. I'm not just saying this to be boilerplate I'm saying this because it's important that if you're dealing with depression, that you are getting professional help. Alright, with that said, let's get into it. At the 2021 International ADHD Conference, I went to a great presentation by Dr. Roberto Olivardia on OCD. One of the key insights I took away when considering dual diagnosis is to think about who's driving the bus. That is, what symptoms are leading the way. This is a way for us to think about these conditions that have overlapping symptoms. So with depression, we're looking at symptoms that include feelings of sadness or hopelessness, loss of interest or pleasure in most or all of our normal activities, tiredness and lack of energy, trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions and remembering things, angry outbursts and irritability, anxiety and restlessness, slowed thinking, speaking, or body movements, and then weight loss or weight gain. Okay, while some of these things on the list are clearly not ADHD, there are a lot of things on the list that do have overlap. Additionally, ADHD medication can make some of these symptoms worse through their side effects. For example, some people experience problems sleeping when they're on stimulant medication. It's also important to understand that depression isn't just one thing and that there are six types of depression. We've got major depressive disorder, seasonal affective disorder, atypical depression, bipolar disorder, postpartum depression, and premenstrual dysphoric disorder. How your experienced depression is going to affect how it needs to be treated. Now, let's go back to this idea of who's driving the bus. When we're looking at our symptoms, we want to be thinking about what's what's driving what symptom. 
While ADHD symptoms don't have to be one-to-one overlap with depression, they can have some of the same effects. Let's say we want to put our laundry away, but we just can't seem to get ourselves to do it. There are a lot of ways depression might lead us here, but there are also a lot of ways that ADHD might have the same effect. So our job in fixing the problem is to first figure out who's driving the bus, what symptom is leading to this outcome. And this is important because if we employ a strategy that doesn't actually address the problem, we're probably not going to fix that problem. For example, let's say we're feeling that depression and it's lack of energy and pleasure in doing things that's keeping us from acting. Well, using an ADHD solution like putting on some music might not help. This isn't to say that some strategies won't have overlap in helping out those problems. For example, having someone over as an accountability partner might be helpful regardless of the symptoms. The point is that we should start in a mindful place about how we're implementing strategies. Along with this idea of who's driving the bus, it's also important that we're thinking about how our symptoms might be influencing each other. Both conditions have overlapping symptoms, but they can also have symptoms that can exacerbate other symptoms. So if your ADHD is making you late and unable to get to work on time, that can lead to additional feelings of hopelessness. Or loss of interest in doing things from depression can make task activation even harder with ADHD. The two conditions can create a negative feedback loop, and we want to remember these exacerbated symptoms can lead to a chain reaction. For example, ADHD gives us a propensity to lose things, and for a lot of us, that includes our keys. But often, losing our keys doesn't affect us that much until we need our keys again. So it's then when we need our keys to get out the door, and we can't find them, we end up leaving late, and that can lead to a host of other downstream events. Maybe we're late and our boss yells at us, and that leads us to feeling bad about ourselves. And now... And now we feel like some of those feelings we have from depression are justified. Or we could go from the other side of things, where depression is keeping us in bed, staring at the ceiling, unable to move, until we realize we need to get someplace, and then we're rushing out the door, and that makes us even more likely to forget things as we're leaving. And all of this is going to depend on which symptoms you have from each condition. This is why the idea of who's driving the bus is so important. Because if we're not treating the upstream issues that are causing those downstream symptoms— then those things are going to just happen over and over again. A helpful exercise to try and root out where our issues begin is to just start asking the question, why? But equally important here is to ask these questions in a non-judgmental way. It would be very easy for me to ask, why do I lose my keys so often? And then just answer with, well, because I'm a piece of crap. In fact, there have been large periods of my life where I felt like that was the best answer to that question. But that answer isn't very helpful. It doesn't even matter if it feels like it's true is not going to lead us to anything we can take action on. Instead, we can try a non-judgmental version and go with, I feel like I'm rushed coming in the door, or there isn't a place for me to put my keys. This is better because now those are solvable problems, and we can work on figuring out ways to fix those issues. This is also a place where we can work with a therapist or coach to help figure out those starting places because it can be really hard to navigate those issues when we're in the middle of them. And of course, we also want to be talking to our doctors here because we do have options when it comes to treating both of these conditions. There are a number of medications for treating both ADHD and depression. Finding the right medication or combination of medications can be incredibly helpful here. Additionally, there are lifestyle changes that you can make to help with both ADHD and depression. If we're eating healthy, exercising regularly, and getting good sleep, we're likely to see a reduction in symptoms from both conditions. And I know, those are not the easiest things to fix especially when you have ADHD, which is one of the reasons that it's so important that we make sure we're treating our ADHD when we're trying to manage the symptoms of these comorbid conditions. 
Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. 1. ADHD has a plethora of comorbid conditions, and it's important to know how they interact so that we can properly treat our mental health issues. 2. Depression is one of the most common comorbidities with ADHD, and it's estimated that 70% of adults with ADHD will at some point be treated for depression. 3. When figuring out how we want to approach treating comorbid conditions, it's important to figure out who's driving the bus. Symptoms from each condition can exasperate other symptoms, and by figuring out who's driving the bus, we can work on treating the root cause of our issues. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at hackingyouradhd, and I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can go to the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I love this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I'd bet you'd get a lot out of it too. Or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the 2, 5, 10, 25 or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tiver's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. For those of you late-diagnosed women, moms, and professionals, you can also check out the ADHD-friendly lifestyle with Moira Maven. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now, for your moment of dad. What do you call a shoe made out of a banana? A slipper. <laughs>